Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. I'm Alex Gehring. Hey, Alex, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bobby. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a couple weeks. What's been going on with you? Oh, well, uh, let's see. Baby is now army crawling, <gasps> so that's really exciting. Yeah. also a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's getting that little butt up, and she's getting close to crawling. So we're coaching and like mm-hmm. pushing her really hard, hoping that that happens soon. And then at the same time, we're saying, don't crawl, don't crawl. Right. We're scared. Because so. once they start moving, they never stop. I've figured that out. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's a legit <laughs> thing where minus six, and he's just a tornado through the house at all times anymore. So, what about you? What's new? Ah, uh, you know, uh, had an exciting. Uh, the last time we did this podcast, we really didn't talk about um, the NAR annual convention up in Boston, and uh, I really, really had a great time with that, and yeah. I had serious uh, heartache at the same time. So, oh, tell me about it. They had announced a couple months beforehand that uh, Marky Mark or Mark Wahlberg was coming in as the general session speaker, and we were all like super excited. And then, like two weeks before convention, they announced that Donnie Wahlberg was going to be coming to the NAR booth, uh, taking autographs, and I was like the new kids fan growing up like you don't even understand like my bedroom walls were literally papered with um cutouts from tiger beat and teen bot magazine like this was like a li- you don't understand I don't even this. know what you're talking about i know you don't it's all good <laughs> <laughs> so then my husband had this great idea he's like you have this six foot life-size cutout poster of the new kids from 30 years ago why don't you ship it out there and when you go meet him at the booth you can have your photo taken with this 30 year old poster and i was like that's an amazing idea And then a week before we were to go, I got an email from Bob Goldberg, the CEO of the National Association, that invited me to a private luncheon with Donnie Wahlberg. And, like, my life just could not get better. I was walking on cloud nine. I got my poster shipped out to a friend out there. He brought it to the convention. And the first day we were out there, Elizabeth Mendenhall, the national president, she's from Columbia, Missouri, she came on stage and she said, oh, by the way, you know, sometimes things come up in people's lives. And, well, Donnie had a family emergency and he's not going to be able to be here. And I legit sat in my chair and I just cried. Kip was sitting right next to me. So we have actually Kip as proof that I was bawling over Donnie Wahlberg. And then um, I received notification about an hour before uh, Mark Wahlberg's general session speech that I got to go backstage. I was one of like 30 people that got to go backstage and meet Mark Wahlberg and take a photo with him. And um, I wrapped my arm around his waist and I was like, mm, you're skinny. Like, because <laughs> he's, but he's, he's in a movie right now. And he lifted up his shirt and you could just see the abs. And you're like, Oh, no, it's not skinny. You were just all muscle, literally all muscle. So um, I really don't know that. I didn't know that that's what NAR was all about. It is. Like abs of a Wahlberg. Abs of a Wahlberg. And then when we we left, they gave us coupons (laughs) to go get free Wahlberger fries. And you're like, "Mm." okay, that's not going to give me the abs of a Wahlberger. (laughs) So So. what all do you do for NAR? So you're on all sorts of stuff. All of the things. So I win the incoming chair for the Strategic Thinking Advisory Committee. Uh, We just put forth a new strategic framework. It's the first one that NAR has had since uh, 2014. It was a plan for 2014 to 16. We have put forth a strategic framework um, that's a more holistic, visionary, business-oriented piece than the National Association has done before. It's a less top-down than a typical strategic plan will say, as an association, we want to go accomplish X, Y, and Z. Uh, This one still has long-term goals. However, it's more open-ended so a committee can figure out how their goals fit within the framework of the National Association's long-term goals. 
And then okay. we also have some operating values. We talk about um, the things that, what we stand for and the ways in which we'll operate. So we stand for professionalism. We stand for right to housing. We stand for home ownership. We stand for entrepreneurship. And then it talks about the values in which we operate. We're going to operate with empathy. We're going to operate with inclusivity and concepts like that, which the National Association has never really put into words before. So it's a really exciting concept we're putting forth. And uh, the challenge or the charge of my committee next year is to create a new mission and vision statement for the National Association. Wow. So that's an undertaking. Yeah, it is. And our research has shown us that the best mission statements, we went and we researched a bunch of organizations and companies, and the best mission statements typically are eight words or less. So we're going to attempt to sum up the 1.3 million members of the National Association in eight words or less over the next year. Wow. So what you're telling me is you're going to try to sum up a bunch of crazy realtors and make them focused. Is that what you're saying? Their their what? vision for, yes. for for real estate to be focused? Yes. Wow, it's amazing. I know, right? <laughs> so we're going to... That's what we're undertaking. That's what we're doing. We're also awesome. potentially revisiting the code of ethics that should we... If we were to like sit down today and rewrite the code of ethics in 2019, what would that look like today? It, completely wow. ignoring the old document. Would we still see the same thing show up? Would we have completely different things? And so we're going to be kind of taking a look at that. So really exciting work coming up with the National Association over Interesting. next year. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so how long were you in Boston then? Uh, let's see. I went out on Thursday, came back on Monday. So just a few, you know, five-ish days. I've lost track of days at this point. Um, cool. They're all a blur. <laughs> so, you know, um, I'm really involved with the National Association. I do a little bit here with the, the state and local association as well. You know, just president-elect. It's fine. Not really a whole lot. Alex, what are you involved with with the association? What committees are you serving on? What are sure. you doing? I know you talked about the HMLS. You're serving on their board. What else yep. do you do? So I've been on the Heartland MLS board. This is my second year, mm-hmm. and I have two more years left, and that's been a blast. Um, that's a, a really rewarding committee to be on. Uh, we are those mean people that put into place rules about waivers and all the stuff that everybody likes to complain about. But really, you like to find people. That's what no, I hear. That's the whole we, idea of the oh, board yes, is just to is find whole, people. Uh, and really, our everything that we do, we're we're trying to make. Um, life easier for all of our members mm-hmm. and we're trying to foster a cooperative marketplace and that's the entire goal of the MLS um, and uh, I feel like this year we've we've made a lot of changes but overall I feel like we've accomplished those goals awesome. um, and we'll continue to do that um, I'm also going to be vice chair of the Kansas Advocacy Committee um, and spoiler alert next week we're going to be talking a little bit or not next week but two weeks from now on the next episode we're going to be talking about advocacy so that's going to be awesome yes um, and uh, actually we just had an election here just a, a little bit ago some big changes so you'll want to tune in for that episode you're here in a couple of weeks um, and then also I'm the chair of the Professional Development Committee uh, oh, for sounds like 2019. I do. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's good. a good thing. It keeps you out of trouble. It does. Yes. And I need to be kept out of trouble. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, it's we're after Thanksgiving, which came early this year. It's just really weird that it's after Thanksgiving. And um, so when do you start decorating for Christmas in your house? When do you start preparing for the holidays? Is it like the day after Thanksgiving? Is it like these random people that are like... I'm not in charge of any of that. Okay. Yeah, so I, you just show up at the house and it's I, done. That's right. I okay. delegate. Okay. Is there a plan for when that happens every year or you just come home and it's different every time? I show up and it's different every time. Okay. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with it. All right. I get that. You're just like, it's done. Well, that's what they, you know, we do shopping throughout the year and we have like this, um, it's, I think it's supposed to be like a storm shelter off the back of our garage, but it's the gift room that we hide stuff in because our kid's six and he Uh hasn't figured out that there's this additional room. (laughs) 
And so my husband, he's actually really good at shopping. He shops all year long and just puts the stuff in this thing. And so when it's time for Christmas, we just walk into the thing and it's kind of like we go shopping in our own storage room. And we're like, all right, he's going to get this and he's going to get that. And then we have leftover things That's for great. Easter and birthdays. There's always this room That's with a good system. presents. And you I'm going to have to steal that from you. It's, it's a great idea because sometimes you'll get the invite to the kids' birthday parties because this becomes a thing at about four is when it really becomes a thing. And you just need a random last minute present. Just present room, room. is a really right. good place to go and just find presents. So. <laughs> That's good times. All right. Well, well, what are we talking about today? Well, um, well, first off, before we get there, you know, we're running up on the end of the year and it, you still have to get your code of ethics um, training done. Um, it's online. It's free. It's, it's super easy. easy. It's so easy. And if you don't do it, you get in lots and lots of trouble. So and our hope is that if you're listening to this podcast, it's something that you're already practicing anyway. Hopefully right. it's it's just reminders of what mm-hmm. is in place in the code of ethics. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just just do it. Click through. It'll be fine. Click it. Do it. All right. So, so what are we talking about this week, Alex? I've completely forgotten at this point. <laughs> I think I think business development, which oh, that's I'm right. pretty yes. sure you are uh, you are uh, very astute on that subject, and and I just look forward to learning from you and our wonderful guest Jennifer. Yes, Jennifer Justice. Uh, she is coming in to talk to us, and I'm super excited to hear her perspective on business planning because you know there's 110 different ways to create a business plan, and it really just comes down to. Uh, what you do at the end. So uh, I know one of the segments we've talked about adding to our podcast is a section on books that you could be reading that follow along with the different topics that we're going with. So, um, you know, we're calling it Bobby's books. (laughs) Well, is that, is that what we decided to call it? I have no idea, but we're calling it, it's something Bobby's books, Bobby's something. Bobby's book bit. Bobby's book. Ooh, that's good. It's the triple B. Alliteration. We're making it work. There it is. Uh, and so I think actually a good book for business planning would be the 10 X rule by Grant Cardone. Have you read that one Alex? I have not. All right. So, uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. And for those of you who like audible, this is legit. My favorite audible book because Grant Cardone is actually reading the book. He's got a legit serious um, accent, and it's one of those that you actually almost get scared of him, that it's like, if I don't go do what he says, he may come to my house and haunt me down and kill me. that sounds scary. Yeah, no, it's in a good way. It's like, it's that that accountability piece that so many of us need. But the whole concept between, uh, behind the 10X rule, is that so often people set goals that are achievable and within reach, And what we should be doing is setting goals that are 10 times higher than that. Hmm. Because we know that as we start um, closing in on our goal, we will often take our foot off the gas pedal. And so, so often we don't end up reaching that goal, even though we should have accomplished it because we took our foot off the gas pedal. That totally happened to me this year. Yeah, because you were like, I got there. It's going to happen no matter what I do. And then sometimes it gets away from you to where if your goal is 10 times higher, you have to keep your foot on the gas pedal the entire time. Because it's so far away. It's so far yeah. away. I got to keep going. I'm never going to get there. I got to keep going. And what people often discover is at the end of the year, they've made it seven to eight times past their initial goal that they ever set for themselves. They didn't hit the 10 time. That's okay. And they made they pushed themselves so much farther because they never took their foot off the gas pedal. And so, and Grant scares you into making sure that you don't take your foot off the gas pedal. So We'll have um, to listen to that one. And Audible, by the way, is such an 
awesome thing oh, yeah. uh, to subscribe to, especially if you're into podcasts. If you're not on Audible, um, mm-hmm. there there are so many great books out there that are uh, that have that are related to our business and related to sales in general. Right. Um, just a just an awesome awesome service provided yep. by Amazon. So yep, I absolutely love Audible. You know, I have my drive down from St. Joe to the Northland almost mm-hmm. every day, and so. I, I rotate typically back and forth between a business book and a fiction book. Right now, I'm learning about the Golden State Killer, which is really fun Ooh. and scary. Talking about scary things, that's really fun, too. So um, I love to rotate back and forth on what I'm listening to. So, you know, speaking of business planning, let's get Jennifer in here and let's get to talking business planning. Let's do it. And now we're back with Jennifer Justice, and we're going to be talking business planning. Before we get to that, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I'm Jennifer Justice, and I currently live in Smithville, Missouri, from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Fun thing, so I was born at home. I went to Terry Watson yesterday, and somebody Mm -hmm. was asking him, like, hey, why would you hire me? And he said he was a 10-month baby. Mm -hmm. So that reminded me, I was born at home, and that's why everybody should hire me to do everything, right? No. But um, (laughs) Because you've always been at home. You know homes better than anyone. Great. Yeah, I should use that. That's definitely amazing. No, but I have a real estate team and I have a lot of real estate investments. I'm very involved with private property rights and RPAC, which is the Realtor Political Action Committee and very passionate about everything to do with homes, basically. I love that. I love that. So how long have you been in the industry? Almost 20 years. Wow. Wow. So you started when you were three? Yeah. Close. (laughs) Close to that. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, My dad had me doing some stuff, septics, concrete, you know. There were probably no child labor laws violated at that time, I'm sure. <laughs> no. My dad was a carpenter by trade, so, you know, they, they take anybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> In addition to your advocacy efforts outside of the association, what all do you do for the association? So I am currently serving on the executive committee, the board of directors, chair of, I think, RPAC parent <laughs> advisory group. I'm um, not sure exactly what I'm supposed to call that today, but... Um, no, chairing that, and then I'm involved with the Missouri Association as well, board of directors there, and on a few different committees there, and of course have been involved with YPN, and just try and give back where I can to our association. Thanks for everything yeah. you do. That's yeah. great. Women's Council of Realtors. I should also mention that because that's really what drew me in to being involved. Had I not been a past president of Women's Council, I probably would not have gone to be on the state treasurer and, and done different things like that, but it really got me to national conventions and got me to different things that pulled me in and showed me that we have an amazing realtor family that I wanted to be a part of. Bobby, were you yeah. part of Women's Council as well? Actually, I have not. And one of my very best friends was just um, installed as the National uh, Women's Council president. And so I have made a promise to her that I would become a Women's Council member. Um, in St. Joe, we did not have a Women's Council uh, chapter network, whatever you call those Network things. now. Network now, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I just never got involved. And then once we merged, I've just been so busy that I've not taken the time to come involved with the Kansas City Women's Council. And that is on my growth plan for next year, which is funny because we're talking business plans today. So Awesome. <laughs> Great. Well, let's jump into business planning. That's awesome. So, um, Jennifer, I know you're an expert on business planning. You love a good plan. So let's just talk <laughs> a little bit about the, the the basics. So what time of year do you start your business planning? Do you do it in one session, multiple sessions? Where do you plan? Just get the behind the scenes basics of how you start planning. So planning is a constant process. Mm-hmm. 
I do a big goal setting day two times a year. I think once a year would probably be sufficient, but I mean, I start literally big picture. Mm -hmm. So get the vision board out. There's a class that um, Effective Sales Development offers. I'm part of that. I've been a part of that for about four years now. And go through that entire process two times a year. Monthly, do coaching, looking at where we're at, what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the end of the year, like I actually started in October Mm -hmm. looking at, okay, here's what we're going to do, SEO optimization or whatever, paper marketing or whatever it is that we're going to be doing. We're looking at that in October to start making plans and implement that stuff by January. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of a 30,000 foot view, gets really detailed, gets down to actually setting, hey, how many calls a week are you going to make? How many expireds are you going to call for my team? Just that different kind of stuff that gets Mm -hmm. into how are we actually going to make money? What? You do this to make money? No. (laughs) So what you're telling us is that we're already, if you haven't gotten a head start on this process, you're already a little bit behind in in starting with your vision board and there's never a a bad time to start though. Good good to know. Never a bad time to start. I mean, if you want to set a top ten list for tomorrow and start, I mean, just just getting started is half the battle. Statistics show that only about 5% of people set goals, which Hmm. is astounding to me because I remember even being a kid just writing out on um, a yellow piece of paper, like the yellow line legal pads. So I would get that out and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do for you. And I think it comes very naturally to me, which I'm so blessed because I didn't realize until I started getting more training that this doesn't come naturally to Mm -hmm. people. We don't do this as human beings. So it's just kind of like, wow, I'm so blessed that I have that. But, you know, you can start at any time. Just, you know, make it what you can achieve. And I have an airplane on my vision board, just full disclosure. So I'm one that thinks, you know, anything is possible. Anything is possible. So it may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen this year. Mm -hmm. But hey, one day I will probably own an airplane. Mm -hmm. And hey, I may own a sports team too. There we go. Like the Chiefs, but I think the (laughs) Hunts are not going to give them up. But you know, at least not anytime soon. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we'll see. But no, I'm a big vision person. I love just and I, I just have so much fun with goal setting, like looking through magazines and thinking about what's possible. Because Honestly, we are only limited by what we think, right? So just think big, dream big. And I love Walt Disney. He was a visionary, you know, and I've I've learned that these people that came before us and set these huge assertions like that. I mean, look at Disney World. It's still going. It's still amazing. It was such a huge vision. So, well, and it's one of the things that you talked about is so many people, um, don't set a plan and or implement. So um, one of my very favorite books, um, and I do this too often, sorry guys, start with the books, um, <laughs> is The Four Disciplines of Execution by Sean Covey. Mm-hmm. And what he talks about in there is that there's two ways that leaders get results. One is by creating a stri- uh, strategy or a plan. And most leaders don't have a problem with doing it creating a plan. They typically have an idea of we want to go from X to Y and when we want to get there. However, the thing that most leaders struggle with is actually implementing and executing their plan in the midst of the whirlwind, which is the thing that we experience every, as soon as we wake up in the morning and we check our email and there's 78 emails waiting there for screaming at the, check me, check me, check me. But you're absolutely right. Some people schedule struggle with even actually putting it down. They just put the plan in their head. They don't actually do that. So for those people who've never heard of a vision board, and there actually are people, because I teach people vision boards on almost a daily basis, explain a little bit of how the vision board works, how you go about creating a vision board, and how you let that influence your actual written plan that you put together. So for me, when I originally started, and it might be easier to some people to bite off, like the next year of your life, Mm -hmm. 
Okay, you don't have to think about maybe 10 years. I'm a 10-year planner. That's what I like to do now, but I wasn't always that way. So think about the next year of your life. For me, I even put things down like mid-year conference, going to Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. talking to you know the congressman and everything like that. That's part of my vision board because when I look at that, I put it in my bathroom so I can see it every single morning. But when I look at that, I want to see you know, the overview, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I go through magazines. Um, I look on the computer. There's some specific things like specific destinations, New Zealand, Hawaii, some of my favorite things that I do. Um, we are huge boaters. So we have a crown line boat. So I have crown line rallies on there. Huge Chiefs fan. I know y'all don't know that about me, but um, <laughs> I would have so never guessed. what she's wearing right now. It is <laughs> Chiefs gear like crazy. It is Red Friday. <laughs> um, and so to Chiefs games because we make that part of my husband and I's um, time together. We go to Chiefs games. We're season ticket holders, but literally down to, you know, my daughter, some of her things that are on her school year. And then my team stuff. I have the Realtor R on my vision board. I have my team logo on the vision board. Um, sometimes I put numbers on there. I have one billion on there right now. So just in like a stack of money um, mm -hmm. from the cover of Money Magazine, I have that on there. So I think that what I hear you saying is that business planning is personal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because the secret to having an amazing business is to have a balanced life. Mm -hmm. And we do this by incorporating all of these different facets and looking at all of these different facets on our vision board and then making that part of our reality. Mm -hmm. And so you just, you know, you can start small. You can start with a regular sheet of paper if you're like, man, I don't even know what I want to put on here. So start with a regular sheet of paper. I now have like, I add on to my vision board because mm -hmm. like I said, I enjoy this process. It's something right. that comes very naturally to me and it's something I get excited about and happy about. So I actually do one board, um, you know, in the December session, which I'm getting ready to do. And then I'll do another one in June. And a lot of times I attach those to each other and they're hanging from each other. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll go back the next year and pull some things off. Or sometimes I'll even just add to that vision board that I already have going. Because like I said, I have some really big things on there. Um, airplanes, boats, yachts, mm. crazy things. But those are not probably going to be attainable here in the next 365 days. Although somebody could win the mega millions. You never know. <laughs> but um, in reality, those are long term things that we plan for like 20 year things when we retire or something like that. So so what I, what I hear you saying is that you essentially start with the end in mind and work backwards. So you're even starting with the end goal 10, 20 years out, and then working back to the next 365 days, what are the things I need to accomplish today so that then next year I can accomplish these things? Mm -hmm. So how do you work backwards to that? How do you actually create your plan? What are the things that you're looking at? Are you reviewing trends? Are you reviewing the market? And what are the key categories that you drill down to so you can accomplish those things 10 years from now by focusing on them today? So a big part of what we do to keep things going is consistency. And we are a very small company. I'm not a franchise company. So we are very referral-based. And we have taken very good care of our clients to the point of I now have 20-year clients that I've sold to literally every person in their family or sold the grandmother's home or the grandkids and so forth and so on. So these people have now referred me potentially 20 times. So we make sure that we're, you know, touching those clients, as they always say, several times a year. Mm -hmm. And we do client appreciations. We do different things like that. But it's mainly doing something instead of doing nothing. And if you get up every day and just do a little bit, take that one step 
each way, you know, or one foot in front of the other, you're going to have success almost no matter what you do. Um, whether it's exercise, whether it's your business, whether it's spending time with your child, whatever that is, if you're just doing a little bit every single day, you're going to be successful. But if you're sitting on your duff thinking that leads are just going to start falling in your lap and why am I not doing great in this real estate business? Everybody should know that I have a real estate license. Don't they want to use me? Don't they like me? Well, the truth of the matter is if you were just doing a little piece every day, going and meeting five people, for example, set that as a goal. Hey, I want to give five people my business card today. I want to talk to five people about real estate today. That's a pretty sure. easy goal realistically, but I think we would be surprised if we surveyed all of our agents mm -hmm. and they weren't talking to five people a day. But of course we look at market trends. You mentioned that. Um, for me, and I'll go bookie on you, um, Simon Sinek. <gasps> yes. Why? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? And you know, I was literally just on the plane to Boston and that's kind of when I get my time to read and I've picked that book up multiple times. I'm not completely all the way through it, but I've read several pieces of it and then went back and reread. And really, I just want to strive every single day to help people be better. Right. And hopefully that's through home ownership. But you know what? Maybe that's not for the person that I'm helping be better that day. Mm. Maybe it's something else that day. Um, so really just however you can help someone be better, giving back, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's priceless. And I didn't always live my life that way. And so it's really amazing to feel that transformation, to be that change you wish to see. I love Gandhi, so... <laughs> and I would, like I said, bookie nerdy on you, but um, those are just, if you can really get that, everything else falls into place. Well, That's awesome. When you become intentional with your life, it truly empowers you. So as you're finishing up Start With Why, which is actually we had everyone on our National Strategic Thinking Advisory Committee as we were creating a new strategic plan this year, we had everybody read that. And what we discovered, actually it was Stephanie in my own office, discovered another book called Find Your Why, also by Simon. And it has a special section in it. So if you run a team, and it's how to take everyone on the team to find their why, to then create a why as a team together to grow your organization and I know I see your eyes are getting really big and that's why when you were talking about that you know we're talking about your team we're talking about business planning I would really suggest getting together and you know reading that book and then each individual creating their why and then everybody's why building together because when everybody's why is in sync you can accomplish Powerful. amazing great things and when mm -hmm. you're in touch with your why you will go you'll get out of bed every day and do what you need to do because you understand if you don't it's that much further away you are from getting that thing, that, that yacht on your vision board, getting that airplane on your vision board. If I don't do the thing today, that's another day I've got to add on the back end. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely love that. So uh, let's look, what are your main focus areas that you have on your plan? Or do you go off sales volume? Do you go off units? Do you go off profit? What drives you, <laughs> Jen? Uh, bottom line for me is actually financial statement. Since I am an investor, I have several hundred investment properties and... I like to see that net worth number increasing. And so for me, I don't specifically go, oh yeah, we had 10 million in sales volume last year, which is excellent. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we do usually, that's kind of 10 million plus a year. And some years I have like $3 million multifamily deals that just happen. And so sure. sometimes I get some big boosts like that. And then sometimes my team gets million dollar listings or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, that doesn't happen every single year. Of course, it's great if it does. But for me, I have to look at my financial statement and see how that net worth is really going up. I think that's different from a lot of realtors, though. So I don't know if Maybe that's that why we're talking help. about it. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you know what? This has become a big thing with NAR is that realtors do not 
plan for retirement. We're trying to help them do better on that. However, for me personally, seeing how investing paid off for my family, um, because my dad made a lot of sacrifices when I was a little kid to work more than one job. And literally, he was one of those that put money in um, the jar from his Coke, didn't have a Coke for lunch, put the money in his jar and paid cash for a house, built a house from the ground up when he was 18 years old. But to see that play out for him to teach me on a financial statement, how that builds wealth, that is powerful to me. And so that's what I personally look at. Now we do set sales volume goals. We set monthly listing goals. We set buyer goals. We set all of those different type of goals. But for me personally, it is that financial statement that Especially I Especially if at. you're looking 10, 25, 50 years mm-hmm. into the future. I mean, the, I mean, we all want to retire one day mm-hmm. and uh, it's crazy. <laughs> what? And how <laughs> much so money true. do you need a month to retire to right? maintain your lifestyle? What do you want that to look like? It is remarkable um, to me how so, few realtors really invest in yeah. uh, the assets that we sell every day it's really interesting Mm -hmm. Uh, i haven't been able to do that yet but it's it's something that i plan on doing is that something that you would like to talk about a little bit like how how do you um work uh, your investments into your business planning so the reason that i got a real estate license um, was because i was an investor and i didn't really think i wanted to pay commission on every single investment (laughs) i started as a flipper honestly. And I was buying houses off the courthouse steps, which I probably say that now, and it's kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people. You can still do it, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Now with Pace Loans, it's kind of a different risk, unfortunately. It's a whole different world. But back 20 years ago, I was buying houses off the courthouse step, fixing them up with my you know own skills that I had because I had a lot of time then. And so I was literally going in, ripping out carpet, running to the dump, doing this, you know, hard knocks, if you will. And that's how I started was doing it that way. And I didn't want to pay the real estate commission Mm -hmm. when I sold it because it's like, I have a degree in finance. I'm fully capable of doing this. I mean, I put myself through college selling real estate um, and flipping these houses and didn't have any student loan debt. I mean, that's literally what I did. Um, And so just starting there and, and kind of snowballing from, oh, well, I got that one done, and now sure. we have fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. Let's reinvest that. Let's. And I, I wasn't a big spender when mm-hmm. I was younger, luckily. So I think Bobby's laughing at me now. Oh, because I, I think that this is. Really I'm a Im- huge spender now. <laughs> um, yellow. No. I think that this is really important though, because yeah. I, I know that the business planning uh, packet that I fill out every year. It does not talk about retirement Mm -mm. in any way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, it's obviously something that I think about um, and that my wife and I think about, but but it's not mentioned in my business planning packet. I think that that's that's something that's really important. And looking at, I put some homes on 15-year notes when I started. Mm. Those are paid off now. Sure. How big is your portfolio now, Jen? No comment. (laughs) (laughs) But... It's it's pretty healthy. Yeah, that's that's it's my point healthy. is that you've stayed focused in it and you understand that long-term financial independence, building legacies come through financial freedom through investing in properties and you've built yourself up to a very nice investment portfolio that you have that allowed you the freedom to do these things. Mm-hmm. You know. Exactly. And I don't think I could be involved at the level that I am if I didn't have all of those various supports, Mm -hmm. right? You know, I think that that really helps. And it also helps me from the advocacy side is I see what owning property does. I see that long-term gain. I see that. And I believe for every person in America that it is so important that we understand why owning property is 
imperative to our country. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and into our personal you know, wealth growth. Yeah, I know, but it's amazing that that has been kind of a paradigm shift, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the last few years, I've seen that where we are faced with these dramatic challenges on the political level, on the tax level, whatever it is. But the idea is that we need to keep private property rights and home ownership at the center of the discussion because it is important to our country. And I mean, I am a living, breathing example of that because that is how I'm going to be able to do other things and help other people. And, you know, one of the things on on my goals is to be able to give like a million dollars and not even think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I would love to be able to write that check and help people, help different charities, whatever it is. Um, And one thing that's near and dear to my heart is suicide. You know, being able to help SAS or being able to help one of those organizations with a a traumatic impact, like a million dollars, what does that do for people? That's just, it's powerful. And so that's kind of big why down to, you know, why I'm hitting this every day, why I'm investing, why I want this inflow of monthly income, you know, so. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So drilling it from your big why down to the daily, how do you create your action plan? What are those items on your action plan? We talked about earlier just handing out five business cards a day or having five business-related conversations. What does your action plan look like? How do you create that? Schedule, schedule, schedule. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So I keep a a pretty tight planner, Mm -hmm. um, and I try and be on time places, but sometimes I'm challenged there. So I keep it down to literally scheduling every single thing, even if that's going to yoga, for example. If something's important, it gets on your schedule. Okay, so whatever that is, it's got to go in there. It's not, I'm going to think about that. It's, I'm going to put it there when you think about it. And so my day starts like that. If, I mean, affirmations, for example, Mm -hmm. it's on my schedule. I start with affirmations. I start with my meditation. I work down from there because we have, you know, our daily appointments, whether that, and I'm not down to time blocking, like I will only take listings from eight to 12 that I don't do that. I know that that works for a lot of people and that's great. I might be more efficient if I do that. Honestly, I'm not really sure, but it's just not something I've ever felt Mm -hmm. comfortable with for myself. Um, We have a weekly team usually um on Fridays like this afternoon my team is actually still working back there and I came down here but you know we're getting things done on Fridays Mm -hmm. whether that's pop buys whether we're going through the files and doing database whether that's so we have a day that we focus specifically on that and don't necessarily schedule in a lot of other appointments in that Mm -hmm. day so we do that in just you know like I said getting up and starting with my affirmations is powerful for me I think that would be powerful for a lot of people gratitude's another huge one for me but like I said it's it starts to fall into place. And so it's not like I, yes, I have to be vigilant at it, but a lot of it just comes because it falls into place. It becomes habit for you if it you is. do it every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. So um, so how do you hold yourself accountable to reaching those goals? Business coach. Tell me more about this business coach concept. <laughs> so I actually, as I mentioned, I'm a part of effective sales development and I go weekly to training for two hours a day. Now, a lot of franchises, they would have the opportunity to do that in their office. And I would strongly recommend that anybody that has those tools be using them because I know so many of our agents do not take advantage of those tools that we have right there. And they are very powerful tools. Um, So I do that weekly. And once a month, I really sit down and look at like my search matrix kind of a thing and hammer in on 
this is what I said. I also do a management course once a month where I look at my personal wins, my health wins, my business wins, and then look at from the month before, follow up on what I didn't get done maybe and what I need to work on or how I need to change what I did last month to achieve these. So kind of on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And then I do once a year revisit my 10-year plan and look at that and kind of work back from that 10-year plan, redoing that frequently, I guess. Once a year is pretty frequent to redo a 10-year plan, but right now I'm kind of in that phase. In addition to your business coach, do you tie your family back into holding you accountable to the goals and what they get when mommy hits her goals? (laughs) Um, They don't really have to. Okay. (laughs) Do they know about your goals? Yes. My husband does goal setting with me at least once a year. I ask that he do it with me. He doesn't always, he's not as excited about it as I am. (laughs) Uh, So it's sometimes a little, my husband's a police officer by trade. He's a sergeant and he, uh, the last time he was kind of kicking his feet about it. And I said, okay, here's the deal. If you don't come to the goal setting and I put things on the vision board and your stuff doesn't get on the vision board, you're not allowed to complain about it. (laughs) So he went Mm -hmm. and we've done most of his stuff. Once I know what he wants, honestly, I'm pretty good at laser focusing and getting it done. Like he pretty much has almost everything checked off his list. Already. Didn't he recently get a four wheeler? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Was <laughs> so. that on the board? Um, he had something like that I on there. It. One of the things that we haven't gotten done that has been on the vision board for a couple years now is my grandfather had an old truck that we need to restore. And then we have an old Ford Jubilee that he'd like to restore, although he started working on it. Um, and then we want some more lakefront, like, property that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff we're still working on that it's I've been consistently working on it but it just hasn't all the pieces haven't fallen into place and kind of with him it's like okay patience honey patience (laughs) this is you know we're we're trying to buy an entire condo project honestly and it's like this doesn't happen overnight so just bear with me and I'll get you through it but you know that's just doing it with your family I think is is Mm -hmm. powerful doing it with your spouse my daughter is in the center of the vision board Mm -hmm. Um, it's quite obvious if you're around us that my daughter is in the center of the vision (laughs) board to the point that it's annoying honestly sometimes but kids are very important you don't get that time back with them but so to your question yes you do incorporate your family but they don't have to hold me accountable per Mm -hmm. se because I make it happen right so they don't have to be like hey you put that over there and it's not happening no right it just gets done all right. <laughs> well, I love your fun-based approach to this. It doesn't. I, we're not talking about crunching numbers every single day. I, I know that no, that I can goes come into back and it do too. it that way if you sure. want. But I think it well, doesn't get as much press. No, I, and also I, I think I, I mean the way that I've been doing it, and I've I've been doing this a lot for only five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the way that I do it, I, I all I look at is numbers and number of transactions is what I've been focusing on. And you know what? That's just really not sexy, to be totally honest. It, it really isn't. It would be much better. And obviously, you I need have that goals. part too. And I do have yeah. that part also. Um, Ryan Eisenhower years yep. ago put that 135 out and mm-hmm. we fill in the 135. Um, yeah, and it's not sexy. You're right. No. But if you, like I said, everything starts to fall into place and you don't have to be so hardcore on the numbers because all of a sudden the numbers are exceeding what you put down. Right? And if, if you're starting with a vision board, like you guys are talking about, I feel like that's something that's going to keep people from procrastinating on doing this. There are plenty of people in our industry that never touch business planning exactly. and they never do anything with it. Um, and if you're starting with a vision board, it's more exciting, it's more personal and it, it motivates you, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I had a big folder, a fat folder I was going to bring and kind of share some of the stuff with you. But you're right, it's not as, as fun, it's not as sexy, but we do have all of it um, lined out. But like I said, once you really start going, 
the numbers exceed anything that mm. you imagined that they could be. All of a sudden, yeah, we put 10 million down. We did 23 million. That's yeah. great. You know, whatever yeah. it is. It's just, you know, it, it happens. It well, just falls into place. That's the best way I can describe it. And the purpose of business is to fund your perfect life. And when mm -hmm. you actually get to create that perfect life out on a vision board and go, oh, this is what it can be, as opposed to being stuck in that day-to-day that's where you go achieve great, amazing things because I can have anything in my mind because I put it down there and I, you know, when you think about it, that's when you create it and you visualize it and then it can happen. If we don't ever actually picture it in the first place, how do you know you've succeeded when you get there, right? Another thing maybe though, some people are wired more and this goes into DISC. Mm -hmm. um, so some people, I'm on the DI side. So that Shocking. SC part is not as important to me, which might be where your analytical people mm -hmm. are, and they may need those numbers. They may need that to be successful. And so that's important too. I think mm -hmm. maybe you tie that into business planning. I know for me that that was an awareness piece that helped me start to understand these are not my strong suits, hire this, do this, and you're going to be more successful. And it happened. So maybe even incorporate that if that's not something that mm -hmm. people have done before, I would highly recommend getting a profile analysis, finding out where your values are, because awareness is key and being aware is going to help you be successful in those other areas. That's awesome. Anything we haven't covered? Anything you want to add? Any last Ooh. minute tidbits of <laughs> words of wisdom from Jen? Um, be the change you wish to see. That's, that's <laughs> uh, it. That's great. Seriously, be the change mm -hmm. you wish to see. Whatever it is that you're experiencing in the world and you're like, just do the next right thing. Because you attract more bees with honey than with vinegar. Mm -hmm. and, and nothing will change until you do. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you for coming in, Miss Jennifer Justice. We've absolutely enjoyed having you. And you'll have to listen to our next episode, which is all about advocacy, which is right up your <laughs> proverbial alley. So, all right. This is so great. I, I think that all of our listeners will really, really get a lot out of this. Yeah, so and thank you. You know, my information's available like board of directors. I mean, I can throw it out there. Um, anybody's welcome to email me, call me. I always try and make time for people for, you know, 15, 20 minutes for coffee if they want to pick my brain. I try and be available, so. You're great. Thank you. And we you. appreciate you. All right. All right. That was another episode of Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRER. See you Catch in a couple weeks. <laughs>